Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. Today we have a selection of frequently asked LDN questions submitted by our members. They are answered by our medical advisors and medical members. Any LDN questions you may have, please email linda at ldnrt.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Elizabeth Livingood, medical advisor with the LDN Research Trust. And the question comes to us today, does an increase in body temperature indicate that LDN is working? In my experience, this has been a non-issue and not the method I use to determine treatment efficacy. However, if a person has hypothyroidism, they probably will have had low body temperature associated with that. And in that case, a rise in body temperature may indicate that the disease process is reversing. This certainly is a possibility as one completes a thorough treatment plan, including LDN. And another case where taking temperature may be important is while monitoring for ovulation. The temperature naturally goes up during ovulation, so it's important to establish a baseline while using LDN to monitor for any possible changes due to the medication. For more information, please visit www.ldnresearchtrust.org. Can low-dose naltrexone, LDN, be used for acne? Answered by Dr. Nasha Winters, read by computer. It depends on the source or cause of the acne. Acne can have many different triggers, but I have found if it is triggered by the autoimmune process of PCOS, then it is very helpful. Otherwise, most of the other acne issues are secondary to gut dysbiosis, poor diet, toxic topical skin care products, food allergens, excess B12 vitamin intake, drug side effects, and more. Find the cause first then you will be more able to support someone with this condition. Generally speaking, however, the positive impact, LDN, has on the HPA axis, this can likely be helpful for those dealing with very aggressive acne processes. Can low-dose naltrexone, LDN, block pain when something is wrong? Answered by Dr. Leonard Weinstock, read by computer. In general, yes. Low-dose naltrexone can block pain when something is wrong. Please see Dr. Younger's article in the description for further information. Can low-dose naltrexone, LDN, help with demyelinating polyneuropathy? Answered by Dr. Pamela Smith, read by computer. Low-dose naltrexone, LDN, can be beneficial for individuals with demyelinating polyneuropathy. Can low-dose naltrexone, LDN, treat candida? Answered by Dr. Nasha Winters, read by computer. As a direct treatment, not likely helpful as that would require a diet and lifestyle overhaul, as do most things, but it can certainly enhance someone dealing with long-term, GI, and autoimmune issues, to bring balance while they are working on the rest of the terrain. Does low-dose naltrexone, LDN, reverse or help esophageal strictures? Answered by Dr. Leonard Weinstock, read by computer. No, low-dose naltrexone does not reverse or help esophageal strictures. How long can a person stay on low-dose naltrexone, LDN? Answered by Dr. Pamela Smith, read by computer. A person can stay on, LDN, long-term for many years and perhaps a lifetime. 
the optimal dose is decided by the healthcare provider writing the prescription. There is now a wide range of doses that are used from 0.25 mg to 4.5 which are considered in the average range. Above 6 mg is probably not low-dose any longer. How long does low-dose naltrexone, LDN, take to block the body's receptors? Answered by pharmacist Stephen Dixon. Read by computer. The half-life of low-dose naltrexone is about 4 hours. So, when it is taken there is a blockade that gradually reduces over the course of 4 hours to half the amount, and then again by half in the next 4 hours. At this point, it is probably not clinically relevant. If symptoms come back when you stop LDN, doesn't that mean LDN suppresses symptoms? Answered by Dr. Pamela Smith, read by computer. This means that the symptoms are coming from an inflammatory process. It is always best to find the cause of the inflammation. For many disease processes, such as autoimmune diseases, taking LDN may need to be lifelong. Hello, this is J.P. Salibi. I'm a functional medicine physician, and I sit on the medical advisory board for the LDN Research Trust. I'm here to answer a few questions that have appeared on the website. One question is, can LDN be used to taper off of benzodiazepines or benzos? LDN and benzodiazepine taper. Uh, I have not used this protocol uh, for weaning my patients off of benzodiazepines. The mechanism of action or MAO of naltrexone does not seem at first glance to be an effective way uh, to be used for this purpose. Higher doses of naltrexone, typically used for those with alcoholism and opioid addiction, have been used uh, in a clinical trial published in 1998. The use of the higher dose naltrexone for benzodiazepine intoxication did not necessarily yield results that we could use to say it's effective for tapering. However, it did lessen the effects of euphoria and pleasure and also delayed the onset when co-administering benzodiazepines such as Valium with naltrexone. And remember, this is the full strength dose, not LDN. There may be other mechanisms at play here, not overtly known to us, that uh, we could say might see LDN being used to wean somebody off of the benzodiazepine class of drugs. But I don't think that that can be used alone, not at this time. As an adjunct to mood disorders, LDN may be helpful as there has been some success with clinical studies and case reports of the use of LDN for MDD, major depressive disorder. Therefore, LDN may be used to treat the root cause for which benzodiazepines have been prescribed. When you first start LDN or low-dose naltrexone, can it cause itching? There are many side effects uh, of almost every medication on the planet. Um, the use of LDN um, is very well tolerated with very, very few side effects and the need to discontinue is very low. LDN, when first started, 
can have some side effects, albeit rare. Some more common side effects include sleep disturbance or insomnia and vivid dreams. To a lesser extent, one can also add rashes, nausea, irritability. In very rare cases, it has caused an increase in the symptoms for which it is taken. Discontinuation rates are rather low. In my observations, around 1 to 5% in my clinical practice. Skin itching is, in theory, one of the side effects, but again, very rare. One should exclude other reasons for itching, such as what a compounding pharmacy is using as fillers and other substances that may cause itching. So before you call it a fail, have a very clean compounded LDN prescription made for you, void of any synthetics, food colors, gluten, and dairy products. Incidentally, naltrexone can be used to treat severe and intractable pruritus or itching associated with cholestatic patients and those suffering from other chronic conditions. This was something that was published in the medical literature. This is Dr. Deanna Windham answering the question, how do you know a dose is too high or too low? Typically, we think the dosage is too low and usually try increasing the dosage if symptom relief isn't apparent within three to six months at the recommended dosage. The recommended dosage would be chosen by your practitioner. We typically think that it's too high and try to decrease the dosage or slow the taper if there are any symptoms. The most common symptom by far is not sleeping well when you first start taking it, although usually once the dosage of LDN is stable, sleep improves above what it was before starting the low-dose naltrexone. If you're curious about symptoms that could happen, although rare and non-dangerous, they are listed on the website. Hi, this is Dr. Elizabeth Livingood, Medical Advisor at LDN Research Trust. And the question comes to us today, why does LDN cause vivid dreams? Well, LDN can definitely impact sleep and dreaming for several reasons. And first, let's remember that dreaming can take place during both rapid eye movement or REM sleep as well as non-REM sleep, but the most vivid dreams occur during REM sleep. So an increase in vivid dreaming may be an indication that a person is getting deeper and longer sleep during REM. So for most people, that is a benefit. And also REM cycles tend to be longer and deeper in the morning towards the end of our sleep period. So if you have to set an alarm and interrupt this sleep cycle, then you're more likely to remember the fact that you just had a vivid dream. Now, according to the Sleep Foundation, some other factors that increase vivid dreaming include anxiety and sleep deprivation both of which may be experienced coincidentally by many people who are taking LDN um, simply because their health issues brought them to that medication, but they already had some underlying anxiety or sleep deprivation. One study found that participants who were sleep deprived for a period of time experienced longer periods of REM sleep and increased dream intensity when they were finally able to sleep again. So that may be a good thing for some people. 
Now, finally, the most direct way that LDN can cause vivid dreams is via neurotransmitter modulation. Many studies have shown a correlation between increased serotonin and or dopamine with increased vividness of dreams. LDN directly modulates dopamine and our endogenous opioids, which in turn help regulate serotonin. So one study in 2013 showed that intake of SSRIs as well as SNRIs, which are antidepressants, seemed to intensify dreaming and were experienced in different ways by different people, confirming these individual responses that we see with LDN use. Another study showed that the frontal cortex is very rich with serotonin receptors and these influence visual pathways during sleep paralysis. This is when our body, um, actually our motor centers shut down during sleep, but our visual pathways are heightened. So increased serotonin can induce visual hallucinations such as vivid dreaming. And then finally, a meta-analysis in psychology today in 2016 found a strong correlation between dream recall and the frontal lobes again, which are also the primary projection sites for dopamine fibers. Now, conversely, people with frontal lobectomies reported reduced dream recall, possibly due to the reduced number of serotonin and dopamine receptors. This same meta-analysis, Mark Solms proposed that dopamine is what actually fuels the hallucinatory dream content. So for the same reason that LDN can help alleviate pain and depression via opioid and neurotransmitter regulation, we see an increase in vivid dreams as a response to these revived receptors in the brain, as well as increased levels of endorphins, dopamine, and serotonin. Um, these references can be found at the end of this article and, of course, in the LDN book. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.